listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Animal Party is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADPARTY, S-A-D-P-A-R-T-Y, and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. Welcome back to Animal Party. It's Deb Wolf, your host. I'm a best-selling author and award-winning radio host. In fact, last year I won Best Pet Radio in America for this very show on Pet Life Radio. So when you listen to this, you're listening to the best. Today I've got a great guest on. His name is Charlie, and he comes to us from Noah's Wish, which you're going to love to hear about. They are who you want to see when you're leaving town because your house is on fire and there's a hurricane coming and the police are making you evacuate. And I'll tell you all about that and how he helps animals and what's, what's Noah's wish anyway. What's that got to do with Noah? Okay, well, we'll talk about that. But I want to ask you, before we get this party going, I hope you brought some tunes and some comfortable clothes and you're ready to dance. I'm going to give you some good news. Last week on Vancouver Island, which is near where I live, up here in Canada, north of Seattle, there was a family who was cleaning out their wood fireplace. And like usual, the man, the daddy, put all the wood embers, which he thought were cold, into a bag and put them outside the front door. And like usual, he locked the cat out for the night, which it really surprises me that people still do that. But anyway, that's what he did. Just like on Fred Flintstone, you know, the old cartoon where they threw the cat outside. I never understood that, but okay. So he did that and they went to bed. And the cat, whose name is Stinky Cat, it's a Bengal cat, fancy cat but it's called Stinky Cat, I guess after that song on Friends. Very funny song. One of my favorite Friends moments of all time, Stinky Cat. So Stinky Cat was outside with this bag of cold embers, but the bag wasn't cold, and it started on fire, and it lit the house on fire. It burned a hole through the front door. It started the eaves and all the siding of the house. It was a terrible fire. So Stinky Cat started meowing and meowing and meowing, woke the whole house up. At one point, Dad came out to tell Stinky Cat to shut up, and he went near the front door, and smoke was billowing in. So, of course... Well, the house is safe, the kids are safe, everybody's okay, and guess who gets to sleep inside now? Stinky cat. Well done, stinky cat. But I think we sometimes underestimate the loyalty of a cat and the skills of a cat and the understanding. That cat knew the people were in trouble, and he knew he had to wake them, and he knew how to do it. And he chose to do it at peril to himself, sitting there inhaling the fumes, standing beside the fire. So good on you, stinky cat. All right. Don't let your house become a part of this problem, though. Make sure you get candles that burn out quickly and stay with them. My trivia question for this party, see if you can walk around the party and schmooze the other guests and find out the answer. What is a salty dog? It's not a dog who swims in the ocean. What is a salty dog? See if you can figure it out. It's something, well, it's something in Vegas. I'll tell you that. What is a salty dog? Okay, so now we're going to welcome to the show Charlie. Charlie from Noah's Wish. And this is an organization that is tremendous. They have a one-track focus. 
Their only mission is to help animals in emergencies, disasters. That's their only thing. They don't boycott. They don't lobby. They don't do anything else. They just come in and save the animals. And so we're going to talk to them all about that. So we're going to have Charlie Crosby come on and talk to us after the break about Noah's Wish. Hang in there, everybody, and come back to the party. Because the best is yet to come. Stick around. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code PARTY10, P-A-R-T-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to florop.com and use the code LUCKYS20 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com. Code word L-U-C-K-Y-S and the number 20. Celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one-carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14-carat white gold. Exclusively yours from ICE.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ICE.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at Diamond.com. ICE.com or Diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. The VIP room with the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. We're back, and this time we're with Charlie Crosby coming to us from Noah's Wish. And Charlie, I apologize. All this time I thought you were a man because the rescue work and everything, I guess I stereotyped. And when I saw you sign your name, Charlie, I thought you were a man, so I introduced you. I said, We're going to talk to him after the break, and now. They're going to hear that you are not a man. You are Charlie Crosby, the woman. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me. And I get lots of mail addressed to Mr. Charlie Holland. So <laughs> I'm, not in the, I'm not in the least bit offended. 
Well, my oh, initials, uh, Deborah Rachel, means that sometimes I get mail as if I'm a doctor, and I quite like that. Dr. Wolf, I'll take it. I'll take it. So Noah's wish. I told people before you came on that you guys have one mission. You're not about puppy mills. You're not about lobbying, nothing else. All you do is go in and save animals when there's disasters. Wow. What kind of disasters are we talking about? We are talking about all disasters that are man-made and natural, mostly natural disasters, hurricanes, fires, floods. We have responded before to tsunami. We have the only thing that we don't respond a lot to are tornadoes because basically tornadoes do a smaller amount of damage or sporadic damage unless it comes in and wipes out a whole town, of course. But that's exactly what we do. We go in and offer our services to those communities that are affected by disasters. Can and you give me an idea will, of some of the places you've been to? Well, everybody knows about Hurricane Katrina. We right. were we were down there the day after the storm. Right. We were there 11 weeks. I have to say that the reunification rate for Noah's Wish during Hurricane Katrina was 75%. That's incredible. Oh. It's almost unheard of. It, that's but incredible. When, when I think of the footage is. we saw of those loose dogs running around, half swimming, half struggling for their lives, that's incredible. Well, the reason that it was so successful for us was because um, we were in one location. We, the city of Slidell, Louisiana, opened up their city to us and allowed us to open a shelter there. So basically, we dealt with that city's animals. We stayed there for 11 weeks, like I said. So by the time people did return, you know, we thought maybe oh, two weeks that people would be all be back, but actually it was months before most people came back, and they were very glad when they came back to find that we had a shelter and they could come possibly find their animal there. So, okay, I've, I know that fires is a big part of what you do. What happens when... When we all, you know, normal pet owners get the call that we have to leave and we leave our horses or our dogs or our cats behind, what, what are, I mean, well, we leave feeling sick to our stomachs, but you're con the, on the way? Is that what you're telling well, me? Well, first of all, before there is a disaster, what, I, what my organization and I do is go out there and teach people about disaster preparedness. If you have okay. to leave, do you have horses? I know that up there, you know, a lot of hobby farmers, or if you have one horse, or if you have many horses, is your trailer roadworthy? Is there air in your tires if you have to evacuate? You know, we, we, we try and teach people that you have to be prepared yourself, because if you're not, you are part of the evacuee, you're part of the problem. If you have to take care of yourself for a few days, you're not calling on your community's services to help rescue you. So first and foremost, we encourage preparedness. But when you have to leave, we encourage you to take your pets with you because after Hurricane Katrina in the United States and in the state of California, we have federal and state laws that have passed that say the United States and most, you know, and California 
they will have to have an animal component in their disaster plans. So if I evacuate with my dogs and a Red Cross shelter opens and there's a need for in the community for X amount of animals, they have to have one. Therefore, they call on organizations like Noah's Wish that come in and will shelter those animals for as long as that community needs us. And in fires, fires are completely different because they're quick. You are evacuated from a fire for two to three, four, five days, then it's done. In a flood situation, you need to open up a shelter for a longer term and for, you know, with hurricanes, the devastation is more, so the, the need is longer. So when you say you go in there, are you actually using facilities there or are you moving animals somewhere else? Like, what are you doing? In a place like Katrina where everything's flooded and ruined, it sounds like you went up to a nearby town that was intact. And what no. kind of build? No? What did you well, do? Well, we, we kind of pride ourselves on being able to make a shelter out of nothing. And we, if somebody has a square of land and we can get a fence around it, we'll make a shelter out of that. Ideally, fairgrounds are always the first choice because they have containment and fences, and we can make dog kennels out of poultry runs. I mean, we, we practice Yeah, and that. they have we power and water, and it's flat, and there's car access. I see where you're going. All the things that you need, yeah. absolutely. Running water, if it is. But when there's a great deal of devastation, when we showed up at Katrina, the city, we went to the city of Slidell's Department of Transportation, the city lot where all their trucks and things are kept. And they actually had evacuated to that because it was the highest point in Slidell. Slidell was deluged by the storm surge. So they were all huddled out together on this little high mound of property and there was one warehouse that was used as I don't know what. It had pipes and just, it was, you know, filled with garbage. And they said, well, here's a, sh- here's a, a warehouse, take it and use it. And so we had one building and we started that day and we got crates and we ended up in 11 weeks caring for 1,974 animals. Oh, my God. 1,974 animals in 11 weeks. Okay, so are these animals being brought to you, like by volunteers, or are your people going out and finding them? What happens in a disaster? All of the above. Normally, we will work with the animal agency in that area. We try to build relationships before disaster with the animal services, animal control, um, so that we can work in tandem with them. A lot of times at a disaster, their resources are taxed immediately. Everybody, you know, everybody has budget cuts. Animal services is the first thing cut always, everywhere. So those guys will usually take us on and we'll have a ride along with them. A lot of times it gives that officer a fresh perspective and a fresh pair of eyes, fresh pair of hands to help neighbors bring things in. People evacuate with their animals, but then they have no place to go. Yeah, um, like that been, big stadium they had set up. They didn't take animals there, did they? Um, in New Orleans? In, in Katrina. Mm-hmm. No, they did not. But I must say, I must say at this point that the state of Louisiana is one of the best prepared places to be. 
No, awesome. which went, went in in 2008 for a pre-storm evacuation for Hurricane Gustav. Right. And they had evacuated all the people from New Orleans once again up to Shreveport, took them on buses and their animals on refrigerated unit trucks. Because you have to worry about the heat. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. Right. absolutely. Yeah, it's hard for me to get that up here in Canada because we'd be worrying about the cold in a rescue, <laughs> right? And, and I guess that changes a lot, doesn't right. it, depending on where you are, what you're worried yeah. about. Are the animals too cold, too hot? Is their water freezing? You know, different. That, so how do you – okay, well, we're going to have to go to commercial, but I don't want it. You're staying at this party. I've got to keep you here, Charlie. <laughs> when we come back from commercial, I'm going to ask you how, how you train people for all these different – types of things and also one day come on how could you possibly get people mobilized one day after Katrina I mean even the politicians weren't even on the screen yet a day later so we're going to talk about that after the commercial everybody (laughs) stay tuned and we'll find that out and we'll also hear what's a salty dog we'll find that out too maybe Charlie knows all right everyone stay tuned come back to the party Leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code ANIMAL, A-N-I-M-A-L, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. 
Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Pet you're, you're, you're inside the VIP room With the hottest party in town Back to the party Let's go Hello Welcome back to the Animal Party We're here with Charlie Crosby And we're talking about Noah's Wish So how did you get your rescue people there so fast? Were they already there? Are they local? No, we are national in the United States, and we are in Canada also. Okay. We have a, a, a huge base out of B.C., and we also have um, quite a few in Ontario. So when you so, say B.C., we, I immediately think forest fires. Is that a big part of your work out here? It is. Actually, I was lucky enough to be at the first training in B.C. in 2003 in May, and in August, we were called in to the firestorms that they had up in Canada, which was just absolutely horrible and devastating for the Canadians because they hadn't had anything like that in 50 years. And uh, we oh, actually you were, were in the Okanagan fires? Is that what you're saying? You were in the Okanagan fires? I was. Oh yes, my gosh, we I was there then too, and the year after, and I took some animals. That was terrible, devastating. We, and people, it wasn't fast. People were out for a whole months and months. They couldn't go back to their homes. We were there, we were there, and we were there probably two and a half weeks and went to Kamloops, and I came home for a week and turned around and went back for two more weeks to Kelowna for the evacuations, and we worked with the BCSPCA up there at the shelters and did a lot of rescue, um, search and rescue. So how do you get there. there so fast? I am a coordinator. We have coordinators in each of our eight regions and in Canada also. But with, as in Katrina, we have what you call a, an MOU. It's a memorandum of understanding. It's a pre, it's a prenup. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you can have those with different cities and counties and states. And we had built up a relationship with the city of Slidell. We had an agreement in place with them. They knew they were going to get hit. So they had called us in advance. And we were coming in advance, but unfortunately all the airports shut down. So we got as far as Houston, Dallas, Houston, and then we drove. Mm. The rest of the way, which is why we were able to get in there so quickly. But we have, as a coordinator, all of our coordinators, you know, we try to get in within 10 hours of it being asked to come in. And coordinators should be there even quicker than that. You know, we can, well, with, with the counties that we have here in California, we have coordinators in Northern and Southern California. My, as coordinators, I am in you know, basically in charge of anything that would happen in uh, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, and Utah, and uh, parts of Idaho. And I actually responded to, we responded to fires up in Montana. So, okay, let me ask you this question. How do you train people so that they can deal with something like um, animals covered in oil in a hot place, or flood, you know, all the issues of water and water contamination, or 
something like up here, forest fire, or maybe there's a disaster that happens when it's cold. You know, how can they possibly be trained for all these things? What do you guys do? Well, what we do down here in the United States is we have so much training. There are lots of organizations. We are not trained for the oil removal of birds, although um, the bird sanctuary wants to set up a training and have the local Noah's Wish people in Northern California come and learn. But we actually have trainings every year, and they are done in all of our eight regions. And anything that you want to find out about our trainings, where we are, the disasters that we've responded to, all that information is on our web page. Oh, there's a really cute picture on there, too, a Katrina photo of a pit bull with on top of it a cocker spaniel looking so plaintive, waiting to be rescued, and it's a really good photo. So, yeah, check out Noah's Wish on there. What's the website for people? www.noahswish.info or www.noahswish.org. Okay. How can people help you? What do you need? Do you need people? You know what? We always need people. We need people to come to our trainings, and there's a list of those, the 2011 training information, the training curriculum, the locations and the dates, registering you can do online, always online. If we're currently on watch for a disaster, it will say that we're, you know, we right now it says that we're not deployed to any incidents at the, this time. When we need help, always in a disaster, it's like the Red Cross, the best thing you can do is donate money, and you can donate it on PayPal or whatever, you know, snail mail to the office. But a lot of times, depending on where the disaster is, there's always that group of people that feel the need to help. And we call those convergent volunteers, spontaneous volunteers. Right. And some of the greatest people that ever come out of a disaster come to you from there. And, then and I they bet they have skills. Sometimes they're pet owners or dog trainers or vet techs, and they've got skills. But they still, if they just took this course ahead of time, they'd be so much more ready to jump in there, wouldn't they? They would. They would. And once again, it goes back to having, being prepared yourself. Being prepared. We have a to-go bag, a backpack filled with ID and extra leashes and collars and disposable water bowls and water. It's an emergency disaster kit for my dog so that I know... Bandages. Yes, and a first aid kit. The things that you would need to take care of yourself for at least 72 hours. And for everyone, it would be different. For those people that are prone to fire, make sure that you have enough water and ID. You know, a lot of times we see in the disaster field, dogs are much more dependent on it. People that have cats. They go to grab their cats and they don't put them in a sufficient carrier. They put them in the car. They get to the Red Cross, the shelter site. They open the window and bam, the cat is gone. And now it's gone somewhere where it doesn't know where it's at. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you have a cat, and it doesn't matter where you live in the world, if you've got a cat and you don't have a carrier, go out and get a carrier. They're very cheap at second-hand stores. You don't have to get a new one. Just get one that's secure. Clean it up really well. You've got it in case you need it. If your cat's really ill or injured or you have to evacuate sometime, you need a carrier. There's no other option. So just get one. Not a little bag that's cute that the pet sits in. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a small little hard cage with a handle on the top. 
So, um, and for dogs too, you know, a lot of people think, well, once my puppy's grown, I'll sell that crate and I'll be done with it. He's not peeing in the house anymore. No, you should take it apart. It has the little, the little screws. It comes apart so it sits in itself and it becomes just a tub and you can store it very easily anywhere because it's just a empty tub. You can put anything in it, you know, but keep it and know where it is and know where the screws are in a Ziploc bag taped right to it. You know, be ready. And that, I think that's what you're saying is be ready because otherwise you're part of the problem. And I would just add to that. We do two things here. Have a neighbor to buddy them. If you are not home and you are not allowed back over the evacuation lines, they won't let you back in to get your animals. So, Make sure that you know one of your neighbors who's at home who doesn't work knows how where your animal is and that your animal knows that person. So if that person comes to retrieve your animal, your animal says, oh, it's Aunt Sally. I can go with her. And they take right. your animal and they know where your emergency pack is and they bring the animal down to the shelter. Well, and that brings up a that. good point. You know, you shouldn't be encouraging your dog to go off at your neighbors. You really shouldn't. You should be encouraging to go off at people who are genuinely a threat, but your neighbors are not a threat. Even if you think it's funny, even if they've got a barking dog or they bug you with their rock music or whatever, you need your dog to understand that everybody in your little cul-de-sac is their friend. Everybody in your apartment building is their friend. Everybody that you know well that is not a robber or a stranger could save them. Because if you have a dog who doesn't come to anybody but you and is cage aggressive, you're going to have a dog that's a real hard dog to rescue. That's not going to help anybody. So really get your dog friendly and understanding basic commands and walking on a leash properly and getting into a kennel properly. These are survival skills for him. If a, if a hurricane hits, they don't have time to start fighting with the dog who's attacking. So, you know, the neighbor will shut the door and go to the next neighbor's house to save their friendly dog instead of dealing with yours. So you really got to make sure your animals are well trained and friendly with people. I think that's pretty key to all this. I would certainly reiterate that. I just... That is such a good point because so many people don't do it. And it's just like having a well-adjusted or well-behaved child. In mm -hmm. an emergency, I want that animal to come to me. I don't want to have to bribe them. I want them, if I send Aunt Sally in to get them, I want the Aunt Sally to come out with them. You know? And exactly. It's, it's very, very, very important. I'm glad you put it out there like that. Well, it's the same when people die. When people die and their pets need to be given to someone else in the family or in their circle of friends, if the pet is well-behaved, a lot of people want it. If the pet is impossible or mean or nasty or destructive and the person thought it was funny, maybe even nicknamed it trouble or, you know, kind of relished that. But if the pet bites people, very few people are going to take it. So <laughs> you really got to think about these quirky things you think are funny. They're not helping your pet in the long term survive and get on in the world. And I think when a disaster happens it just really focuses that also your comment about the id i think a lot of us get lax about that you know and we need tattoos in their ears and microchips on them and tags because not everybody everywhere can do all of that you want anybody to be able to identify and return your pet to you by any marking system they know how to read have it all there right not just one or the other Absolutely, and I would just read it. I know in California, I don't know if it's a stat for the nation down there, 97% of animals that get out that don't have ID never go home. So yeah. don't let that be one of your animals. And 
what we discovered, this is a word to the wise out there also, Slidell Animal Control, when they adopted their animals out, chipped them. Good thing. When people finally came back to Slidell that had their animal with them or located that animal, you know, in our shelter because we microchip scan for everything, they came to the shelter because their homes were destroyed and they didn't have copies of their microchip information. Mm-hmm. So they came to the shelter where they knew there was a copy. But you know uh-huh. what? The shelter's records were six foot underwater also. So a word to the wise is to make sure that you register with that company. Follow through. And just don't depend on one bank of information because in a disaster... And and update it. And update it too. If you move, update it. Don't leave them with old numbers, things that don't work anymore. So make sure your pets can be traced to you. That's really what you want. You know, it's no use having your mother's old phone number on the tag the pet is wearing if she's never home or she's changed her number. You've got to put on there your actual cell, the one that you're actually got in your pocket. Okay, so we've kind of talked about that, and it leads me to talk to you a little bit. Just one thing I saw recently, I was talking to an expert on turtles that I plan to have on the show someday and she was telling me she's too busy right now because she's still working on uh, all the turtles that were hurt by the oil so she's still kind of hands-on knee-deep working with them but they're microchipping them as they clean them up and rehabilitate them and release them they're microchipping them so we're going to actually know what goes on with those turtles where they go how they fare what happens to them we're going to be able to track them it's pretty interesting that is interesting. That is very, very interesting. Well, we just have, you know, how can it not be when it can get an animal back to where it needs to be? Yeah, you know, even or, a turtle, an endangered turtle. It makes sense to track them well, in a way. Well, see if they come back to their, na- you know, or do they, is it a natural homing thing that they will naturally go back there? You know, we just came I think most back. animals have to adjust. When, they're, when their home terrain gets polluted or damaged, they just, it's migrate or die. They can't go nest somewhere polluted. So it'll be interesting to see where they turn up. But there seems to be a migration going on all over the world like that. Lots of changes because of fires, because of global warming, because different things are growing in places they didn't used to grow, and all kinds of birds coming where you don't expect them. I mean, everybody, keep your eye out, because if you see a bird in your garden and you look in the bird book, and you're sure it's that bird, and it says, no, not, not resident in your area, well, maybe it is now, because things have changed. Anyway, I thank you very much, Charlie Crosby. Thank you for coming on the show and telling us about Noah's Wish. And do you know what a salty dog is, Charlie? Well, I'm afraid to even answer. I thought it was some kind of beer. Close. You're really close. It is a mixed drink now being served in Vegas. It's vodka, grapefruit juice, bitters, and a heavily rimmed glass. A salty dog. So there you go. I'll take one. (laughs) That's the drink of this party. All right. Cheers to you, Charlie. And I hope you so much for having me. I hope I never have to see you coming to my area to do a rescue. But then again, if we actually need a rescue, I hope I do see you because. Yeah, you've got to be the the sweetest sight for sore eyes when these things are going wrong. Thanks again for having us. And anybody that wants to can once again just take a look at the website and glean any information. If not, call the office. They'll be glad to answer any questions. 
So if you're adventurous, if you have a way with animals, if you want to do something good, if you're able on a moment's notice to get away and get to a disaster, and you've often sat and watched these things transpire in the news and you've thought, I want to be there, I want to do something. Well, now's your time to sign up for one of these courses and get trained so you'll be someone they actually can make use of when disaster strikes. And you won't be watching it on the news anymore. You'll be going there and helping animals survive. So thank you so much, Charlie, and thanks to Noah's Wish. Thank you for having us. Bye-bye. Great party. Okay, well, I hope you'll come back and party with us again. Anytime. Anytime (laughs) at all. Just call. (laughs) Thank you. All right, everybody. Take care and be safe. Until next time, next animal party. This is Deborah Well. Don't be tardy for that party. I'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.